Welcome to Sportsy. Let's talk sports. We have spoken to so many people till now, and uh, we always get a different perspective about the sports industry or the challenges that they have taken or the career that they have had. Today, we have a dear friend with us uh, on a on a show uh, who is a computer science graduate from Rochester, New York. Worked in in New York for some time and uh, joined a cola giant, Pepsi. Came to India and. Uh, worked on the whole cola war doing with the, with pepsi on doing the cola war from there he picked up another industry which is insurance and work with alliance uh, to work on the partnership bajaj before it became bajaj alliance worked with hdfc and then in 2010 uh, there was a calling for him from the sports industry he started dynamic sports today we have with us ashish shah the ceo founder of dynamic sports who has been a ex president of Chennai FC, Delhi Dynamos, and Odisha FC. At the same time, he has been handling some of the eminent properties in India, which is the high altitude race in Ladakh, as well as India's only vineyard marathon in Sula Nasik. Please welcome Ashish Shah. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking, and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on our channel, Sportsy Says, and help us spread the word about Sportsy. Let's talk sports. Please follow. Sportsy says on across all social media platform and please do subscribe on Sportsy says. Thank you. Hi Ashish, uh, welcome to Sportsy. Let's talk sports. It's uh, it's amazing to it's amazing to have you on a platform. Uh, we have spoken to uh, almost multiple athletes and multiple administrator, but uh, uh, getting somebody like you who has uh, a complete varied experience uh, a computer science graduate from rochester new york to working with the cola giants like pepsi to uh, insurance giant like bajaj alliance and from there to getting into the sports uh, having one of your unique properties under your own company but uh, before we come to that uh, it is it is a journey of isl with chennai fc delhi dynamos and the brand name change and the city change to odisha fc so i think uh, i'm i'm looking forward to this amazing chat with you uh, over the next uh, 25 30 minutes uh, and uh, i'm i'm sure the viewers are going to love it so uh, it's amazing to have you here thank you so much sir it's my uh, pleasure to be here you know i have been uh, watching your uh, episodes and they have been very interesting fun and uh, you know uh, very informative so i hope i live up to the standards set by uh, people before but really look forward to this chat thank you you got to be part of the chennai fc uh, which is one of the most glamorous team uh, honestly speaking when uh, when the whole started with abhishek mahi and vita dani coming into picture mataraji coming to you guys and it was one of the most glamorous thing so uh, what was the biggest moment that you had and how did you actually build 2015 is when you were there you won so i'm sure that is one of the glorious moment that you had but how did the whole uh, thing happen for chennai fc because i have I have other question followed to that, which is like your Delhi Dynamos to Odisha FC. But I, let's start with Chennai <laughs> FC, which is the uh, managing the Indian football. No, no, thank you for asking. Actually, because you know Chennai FC will always remain very dear to me. It was my first foray in the world of football. So in a dynamic sports, you know, we were looking at doing something in football. So it's always been about doing something, right? So we were like yes. two crazy guys. Let's do something in football. You know, grassroots football, all that. And then ISL came about, and just. um you know i got this great opportunity to lead build actually build chennai fc 
uh, as you may remember we were the last franchise of the block yes. so we got very little time to kind of set up in the first season but then you know as you you, you see in uh, hindsight you know sometimes when you under pressure and time pressure and you know things just kind of you do right so you execute and things happen so yeah first and foremost uh, the very rightly as you said you know great set of owners right i mean that's very very important so having somebody like uh, mrs vita dani you know who is very passionate about sports herself uh, you know it's not only football right she's also got table tennis yeah right so um and you know giving the right kind of empowerment to to not only myself but but to the team to kind of go and deliver um was was a great uh, help to us right so that's number one uh, somebody like uh, abhishek bachchan you know great uh, you know of course his passion is something you see i mean you see on tv yeah. you see on season but you know somebody who really understands the 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 sport of football and the business of football so having him as a kind of a you know guide uh, overseeing what we were doing you know getting involved in uh, some of the conversations with the coach yeah. uh, with the players coming and uh, motivating people and in the matches of course you know like i said everyone sees that but what happened behind the scenes you know the kind of support he provided with the sponsor engagement it was like a blanket thing like you know go and commit go and commit don't don't waste your time you know so it was great having him and of course uh, dhoni you know mai of course he has his pressures of other you know commitment yes. but his commitment towards the club in terms of commercials in terms of uh, and i think uh, hiren uh, mentioned this in your last yes. discussion right about him showing up for the lunches i mean just imagine you know somebody like mai coming speaking to the young indian players whether it's football or any sport just imagine the inspiration that you know the yes. learning that you can get as a youngster so so it was great to have these owners and for me coming from a background where i've never dealt with celebrities this was again a steep learning curve and to have these kind of uh, celebrities who didn't have any airs about them you know who were very open to sitting down discussing things uh, approachable uh, was was a great opportunity and hence you know something i will always cherish and you know i've learned a lot in terms of the club yes we got a very short time but you know we we set up a very nice uh, team in hindsight of course we were lucky but we got very good uh, colleagues who were you know all kind of geared up for again another startup environment we worked 24/7 whether it was dealing with the league whether it's the operations whether it's the commercial side whether it's uh, the technical side again dealing with somebody like marco matarazzi right i mean yes. world cup winner coming in for the first time i remember you know he came into uh, bangalore airport because a pre season we had to do in bangalore we had no ground in chennai so um, you know going there to receive him i had heart beat you know palpitations and you know <laughs> to you know what and but again you know once you meet him his philosophy the way he dealt with us with the players great learning for me you know and we all did it together and uh, before we knew it you know the isl was there and luckily for us the team performed well in season 1 and then you know going forward i think one of the things that really worked for us was that the first three seasons we had stability and what i mean by stability is the owners were the same the management was the same and the coach was the same and then you know we had ilano mendoza jj right. some of the key kind of the stars of the team uh, remained consistent for the three seasons right. and uh, then of course having won the league in the second season was an icing on the cake but i think as a process uh that was something which was great to have you know what did chennai stand for and then the fans started connecting with you know all these aspects of the club and then by season 2 slowly the grassroots came about and we started moving out into the whole of uh, the state and not only chennai and you know the traction happened and we started getting for season 1 and 2 actually we had uh, 
18 to 20,000 people coming into the stadium. Yes. And now we're talking about, you know, average 15 to 18 is, is kind of that sweet spot in Indian football. And yeah. we started having that in a place where we were told is not a football uh, place uh, traditionally. Right? So having all this uh, was, was, was really, uh, you know, a great achievement. We did decently well also in terms of our sponsors, you know, had some long-term uh, partners who came out as a result of all this. So, you know, uh, yeah. excellent. <laughs> nice. I, I, believe me, I, I was I was there when the Chennai FC's deals were happening when they came, last franchisee to come in and all those things. And uh, we've seen the journey and uh, it's 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 something very feels very close to, very connected because it it, it came out as a, as a family environment and uh, the build uh, the whole thing. It was the the culture and you answered was partly answered one of my next question, which oh. is actually towards how it actually helped the culture in the Chennai, because Chennai is also known for football. It is more mainly on the athletics and the cricket, but it's also known for football. But I think the CFC actually pushed that thing up, the envelope ahead yes. on, on the on the football. And then what we see is like, but did you get, because of Chennai and FC, did you get a lot of uh, eyeballs in the grassroots side as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, um, one thing is, where, you know, the talent exists in all parts of India, I'm convinced. Yeah. So, yes. Chennai, of course, Chennai Tamil Nadu has great talent. And, you know, now you've seen them coming through the system. And for that, you know, you have to have a, a pyramid where the you have to have a bottoms-up approach. Now, ISL, in the first few seasons, when we were doing this, uh, obviously, it was a top-down approach for, for right reasons at that time. So, yes. um, you, you needed those eyeballs. You needed that, uh, you know, kind of the oomph. Around the around the league for people to get attracted, saying what is this, you know, and that that definitely helped. But yeah, that could not have sustained uh, over, you know, let's say maybe the initial a year or so. Mm -hmm. So um, grassroots won as a mandate from the league. It was great that they mandated it because in the first couple of seasons it would have been very very easy for football clubs to say I have hundred things to do, you know, right now, and I just can't focus on this. But there was a mandate, so we had to do it. And that was great. And then now it's taken off. And now it's, you know, most clubs believe that that's yeah. kind of the key to your success, right? So, yes. grassroots yes. uh, is something which took off in Chennai in, in, in real earnest after season one. I must be honest, mm. you know, first season we could not uh, devote uh, the energy uh, towards that. But after the end of season one, by this time season two started, you know, it had already taken off. You know, we had started setting up a partnership with schools. Uh, a few initial soccer schools and then you know then kind of it took off yeah. i remember going to various places in uh, tamil nadu also and finding out much to our delight that you know how clued on the youngsters were on on not only global football but on on isl you know people knew marco and they knew jj and they knew this so it was a great uh, eye opener for us and then uh, to set up the uh, the elite part of uh, the youth system uh, to provide them with the right kind of infrastructure, very important. In the beginning, it's, it's easy to put up a team of 18, 22, 25, but you know, what, what's the support do you give them in terms of coaching, in terms of uh, uh, medical, in terms of even psychological inputs, you know, because it's not only about uh, playing, it's about, you know, learning to grow as an individual and end of the day, these are kids. What happens to their education? How important is education? Uh, it is important, but I'm saying, you know, how important is education <laughs> while you're pursuing your career as a professional, uh, give them the right kind of role models, you know, uh, then integrate them with the first team. You know, some of the key, we, we didn't have a reserve team right away, but, you know, pick up some of the key players, mm -hmm. make them uh, available to Marco for some trainings or get somebody like Ilano or, you know, somebody who could speak with them, you know, so 
all that started happening and uh, that really uh, helped the uh, culture of football to kind of then uh, grow we of course on the on the other side were fortunate to have a very passionate uh, fan club yes. which got uh, set up very quickly so and and now they obviously grown much more and yeah, both of them lose and the machans both are like both of them and they they travel to other locations and you know some of the matches we saw in bangalore i was amazed to see the chennai in, uh, stand um so you know to have that and then to work very closely with them in terms of the messaging communication involve them in some part of the club make them feel that this is part of their it's their club uh, yes. and then going out to beyond uh, the fan club because fan club typically are your football followers so how do you go to people who don't necessarily follow football in chennai that kind of happened because people are very passionate about the concept of chennai a concept of right so Uh, once we started going out started talking to people in cl- in uh, schools colleges um, we started seeing families coming in we started seeing people who are not typically football lovers coming in uh, starting following the club so yes the, the i i i would like to think that we as chennai fc played a large role in uh, kind of enhancing the football culture in uh, the state and i kind of played a small role in that too so been very happy excellent and and uh, that shows right uh, abhishek is known for known for a chelsea sponsor mahi is uh, associated with uh, listening uh, he he calls it a uh, he, the, chennai is a more home to him than rachi now so uh, uh, because of csk and chennai fc all together uh, but yeah it's it's a great uh, a great journey there but from there from south most to the north where uh, where the community building is always been a challenge uh, the yes. delhi uh, delhi has amazing talent but never were successful in any of the sports at that level uh, because probably of the i think it's about the whole community building and all those things. there was just some cultural challenges or some other thing so how was that journey for you to head a delhi dynamos uh, before actually it moved to odisha like we said earlier said you know you have to be a little crazy in this uh, part of business right so when the opportunity came up to go to delhi you know all these questions were on my mind saying i know a most difficult macro environment like you rightly described b micro environment also because delhi dynamos we knew being as part of isl was kind of uh, the you know the maximum amount of loss for example in yes. terms of a, a franchise club the highest franchise fee you know there were a lot of challenges even from the business side of it yeah so um, having all that and the third factor me being a hardcore uh, bombaya delhi has always been a no no so in my close family and friend circle that became another crazy factor that this guy actually wants to go and live in delhi so um, um, anyway so uh, apart from all that you know I, i took the plunge again because i saw the challenge there and i knew you know if one can work through that challenge one can work through you know any challenge and like you rightly said in any sport in india so i took it up and uh, you know great great experience uh, in delhi and then you know we'll talk about the journey after that so um delhi um, yes lot of talent uh, over there um it's a, a very very challenging environment to run a football club on multiple reasons one there are a lot of other avenues of entertainment and sports uh, not only sports but lot of other avenues of entertainment available in delhi so yes. people are not necessarily you know football is not necessarily your kind of the first uh, thing that they would look at uh, so that's kind of a challenge number two we played through the months of winter having a 7:30 or 8 pm kickoff is difficult is difficult to sit in those stands especially for kids uh with the with the cold weather with for women you know 
uh, the safety is an issue. If you finish at 10, 10, 30, you want to go home after that. Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium, while being a great infrastructure, not necessarily in the you know best location. Yeah, the crowds kind of uh, come and disperse after the game. Uh, you had all these challenges, and then of course the uh, the challenges of getting people uh, into the stadium. Even when we had uh, some matches against Northeast, some of our initial matches, when we did a little campaign when Bangalore came with you know Chetri being a Delhi boy, you know about 15 to 20,000 people coming, the stadium still looked empty. Yeah. Because the capacity is so huge. You know, despite what you do to show on camera that it's full, when you're in the stadium, you just don't get the vibe. And everyone feels it. You know, The, the players feel it. The, the crowd feels it. Uh, so th these were some of the challenges. But on the community side, I must say, I had a very, very pleasant uh, surprise. You know, oh, there, are, there are pockets. There are pockets uh, like CR Park, for example, which are heavy Bengali population. Mm -hmm. uh, there are pockets where you have a lot of, uh, for, you have a lot of African uh, students and community in uh, uh, Delhi. You have lots of embassies in Delhi. And I'm talking about these, uh, these uh, communities because these are all communities where football is sport number one, not cricket. Yes. And, uh, you know, something, for example, I, would, I, I really like to credit our owner at Delhi, you know, who pushed me. He said that, that we know all the challenges. Yeah? We know that it's not working. But why don't we do something different? Why don't you go and invite all the embassies to come to our games? And like, okay, and you know, we started trying, and you know, nobody would respond. Now, embassies typically, you know, you, you call and saying you're Delhi Dynamos, you know, why? I mean, you're not, no one's going to kind of meet you. But you know, we, we, we worked hard, we created a database, and we were at it, and it, it took off. And it took off to such, such a level that we had a couple of very interesting phenomena. One, in our, one of our matches, I remember we had 42 diplomats. Oh, so wow. in our owner's lounge, we had like a mini UN. And these are all <laughs> our guests who were now there for their third or fourth match. But this match, they all kind of came together. Maybe it was the last match of the season, I don't remember. But, you know, they were all there supporting Delhi Dynamos. You know, it became quite a quite an event for us. The second very interesting one we had, we had one match. We had a request from the American ambassador and the Venezuelan ambassador. And this is during the peak of their diplomatic tiff. And we had to kind of, we became like, a, you know, a sports diplomacy kind of a, <laughs> just something you, you only talk about in case studies and management school, but I actually got to breathe and live that. So, you know, Delhi had some very interesting uh, things to offer, you know, even the government, while one always likes to complain about the apathy and the lack of involvement by government, but when you understand their challenges and when you understand how some of the processes work, whether it's sports authority, whether it's the government, uh, sports department, whether it's at the Delhi level, government level, we, we could actually work closely with them and do things at community level. You know, we could, we launched a, a women's league, for example, a girls league, actually, sorry. Um, we could uh, get some of the athletes from other sports to start coming into our games. We started interacting with them and certain things. So we did all this. Uh, what, what, what happened at the end was two things. One is, you know, the, the big challenge in terms of the loss that yes. the club was making. At let's say an X, we were able to make it to a half. So that I would say was a success, right? So while the loss reduced by 100%, it was still quite high uh, in terms of the sustainability of the club. So that became kind of the, the key issue as to, you know, yes, we are doing all this. The rate at which the community involvement and the benefits of that are coming uh, are going to take a long time for the club to actually become sustainable and no no owner would be able to, you know, yeah. kind of justify this. We started having discussions with foreign uh, clubs, with consultants, 
as you know, what are some of the kind of loss ratios in the industry? And they also told us that what you're seeing in Delhi is even high by some of the European standards, right? So, you know, so we studied the Greek model, for example. We didn't want to look at, you know, UK, Spain. I mean, that's, it's not apple to apple. So we started looking at some of the other models and we, the owners from there, whom our owners knew, they actually started talking to us and said, this, this is something not, not really sustainable. And that is where, you know, things started kind of, uh, thoughts started emerging uh, in terms of, you know, whether Delhi can sustain an ISL club at this stage. I'm sure Delhi can at some stage yeah. in, in the Indian football ecosystems, you know, growth. But at that stage, we kind of uh, hit a wall. As you know, how do we make it a sustainable club? So, and uh, and that's where the one of the interesting case studies of Indian football came in, yes. where the brand, the city, and everything had to be shifted and changed. Owners were the same. The team was team was uh, almost the same, but the location was thousand kilometers ahead uh, away. And interestingly, the the India's first known sports state, which is Odisha. And uh, getting your team to Odisha. What were the typical challenges uh, that you, because as you said, right, you are always look for the chaotic situations and you have yeah. found the solutions in that. So I'm sure that uh, shifting the whole base, shifting the name, branding, loyalties, there's so many different challenges that probably we can speak for three hours, but we'll not get covered. But just some, some of the high level gist that you say that, okay, what it takes to change the brand, change the city and uh, still maintain the loyalty and uh, all those factors. Yeah, yeah, extremely, extremely uh, interesting case study, I must say in hindsight. Um, so, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge was that, you know, when you move a city, you're, you're letting go of the brand that you created, the fan base that you created, the sponsors, the communication that you've done so far in the community. Right, so that was the most challenging part. Uh, we had a very passionate uh, group of supporters, even in Delhi. Right, yes. so the Delhi ultras were, you know, extremely passionate about football and about the club. So, um, you know, the owners when they had bought into Delhi Dynamos, they had bought with the idea that they wanted to be in Delhi. So even for them, this was an extremely difficult uh, situation. So, first difficulty was that, you know, to kind of agree internally and then go out to external stakeholders that we want to move. That was kind of the first challenge. That we had to overtake. After that, yes, um, it was like creating a completely brand new club. You know, branding, starting with, and here it was a little bit even more complex because we were very closely working with the Odisha government. Yes. So we had to make sure that we then they became a very important stakeholder in the club. So even the things like the naming, the the colors, the jerseys, we had to make sure that we carry them along. So you know that became and for me again a great learning experience to deal with these uh, gentlemen in the sports department in Odisha, you know, it's, it's just a great, great, uh, they are definitely the sporting capital uh, in India. Yeah. So that, that, that became kind of the one exercise. The second was on the logistics and operations side. You know, how do you get everybody to move? Now there are players and coaches who have their families. You know, are we going to put them in a hotel? Then which hotel? Are we going to have apartments? Then which apartments? You know, training ground is X kilometers distance. You know, can, can they go there every day? Now, luckily for us, the Kalinga Stadium infrastructure is awesome. So we had our gym there, we had the swimming pool there, we had the training center, everything in one place. But you had to make sure that they could come there, you know, every day, they could get their meals, everything. So, you know, getting all that uh, set up was the challenge. And then the main challenge is, you know, can we host a game? You know, we, we signed the MOU with the government only in October or, you know, end uh, September, actually just a few days ago, you may have seen Odisha announced you know, the yes. anniversary of signing the MOU. Uh, so, 
you know, that's when we were kind of struggling with, you know, will the ground be ready? And there were this uh, floods, you know, the, the hurricane, sorry. Yeah. Right. So uh, there was damage to the stadium. So we had to work on the operation level to get all that fixed. The pitch had to be redone. And then Murphy's law always hits. It always hits. So when we thought we had everything under control, we got the news that the pitch is not going to be ready till December. And there was no way we could host our home games. So our first three home games had to be, you know, we had to find a solution. So then, you know, as now you all know, we had to move to Pune and this happened overnight. I mean, I yeah. had to quickly look at, you know, various options. There was Ahmedabad, there was Pune, there was others, uh, Mumbai, you know, New Mumbai. So we looked at all those and quickly in two days, I had to visit all of them, do a deal, sign a MOU with Pune, <laughs> tell, tell the team, oh, sorry, cancel your trip. Half of them had showed up in Bhuneshwar, half were in Delhi, packing show up in Pune, people just didn't understand what I was telling them. I said, just come here and I'll explain. And, you know, people had to show up, our vendors, partners, everyone had to drop what they were doing in Bhuneshwar, show up in Pune. That was another big, big challenge. Uh, one is, you know, uh, getting the stadium ready, I would say was a lesser of a challenge. You know, that's something a professional just do. Yeah. The bigger challenge is now you're setting up Odisha FC in Pune. So now who <laughs> the hell is going to come and see this match? So you have the, the whole idea of moving from Delhi was to get an engagement was to get sponsors, was yeah. to get uh, people, you know, players to think that yes, now we have a great environment to play. Now we, <laughs> we are in a worse situation. Uh, yeah. You know, so now Balewadi, of course, you know, you know all the challenges, yeah. uh, hardcore. I, in fact, I can, I can see it from where I'm sitting. I can That's, see the all the yes. four uh, light towers. Correct. So, you know, you're a FC Pune City fan. You are a boy, yes. Pune boy. So, you know, what are some of the challenges of Pune? So, we worked through that. We, we conducted three matches. Uh, and surprisingly, we found the Odia community in Pune. And, you know, <laughs> so when, when there are challenges, you find solutions. We found yes. them, we found a couple of management institutes which are nearby. You know, they started coming. So we, we obviously didn't have uh, the kind of crowd we would want. But Palewadi yes. being a small stadium, we were able to generate a little bit of excitement. You know, coach was happy, players were happy. We performed all right. You know, we, we lost one, one, one. We drew one. The game that we lost, uh, we could have drawn. So, you know, so it was a good yeah. beginning. And then we made the final shift to uh, Bhuneshwar, um, where everything kind of came together. Uh, the sponsors came about, the fans showed up in the match, the government was supportive. We, we solved the operational issues and and then we yes. had a great season. So, yeah. And as, as everybody said, the interest in the history. After, yes. after, <laughs> after all... The after all the small battles you won, uh, you finally won the war and uh, started yes. the club where you're supposed to win. And believe me, when, you, when you're saying this, it's like being in Pune, we, we, are, we believe in Atiti Devo Bhava. Every, <laughs> the, Pune has been host to Chennai, uh, uh, CSK, yes. Yes. Bangalore, Odisha. <laughs> so it is... Uh, but also uh, Chennai, and I think you, you remember, Chennai and yeah. also. Yes. Chennai and FC also. So there, there, so there are four different teams who has played in Pune, where and making Pune a home ground. Uh, so it's like uh, I think, I think, uh, but at the unfortunate part at all the time is like still Pune does not have other than Pune Ripalton. It's uh, nothing is there as a sustainable thing. We need something in cricket. Yeah. We need something in football. Phenomenal talent in football here. Yes, and it's one of those challenges I just don't understand. You know, you have such a vibrant city. And a demographic that loves sports. Yes. Why doesn't a sports franchise work there? I, I, and, and there are corporates. It's it's the Mumbai Pune commercial belt. Yes. I mean, you look at every aspect it ticks the box. <laughs> Believe me that, and you are coming from working, uh, managing three different clubs, uh, 
two with the name change, but one separate. So it's like different entity that you are saying this. So imagine the of 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 sports enthusiast, sports commercial person in me. It's like and looking at the stadium, and I know there is no home game happening for anybody. It is it is really painful, but hopefully yeah. the uh, things will be resolved. So. Uh, so uh, so uh, coming to the second uh, probably last last section of our uh, chat to, for today uh, i'm not going to let you go i'm going to call you again uh, because there's a lot to discuss but uh, just moving from football if you have had a magic wand what is that one thing you would like to change about uh, indian football ah great question i think um, you know it's very easy to say if i had a magic wand i would want india to be really performing up there in the world cup but i'm going to make it a little bit different i'm i'm saying you know if i had a magic wand today i would want a very high level of uh, quantity and quality of competitions available in football at all age levels so whether starting at a very amateur level for a kid a boy or a girl to a teenager to a elite youth to our main team to the indian team to our, you know even in isl you know the professionals need to play many more sports so if i have magic wand i would do that you know and one example i would like to give is it's about australia uh, the kind of you know people get involved in playing sport not only football is because everyone is playing and there's always an opportunity you have let's say if you're if you're, if you're just into fitness there's a park run in your neighborhood park every sunday so you just have to show up there and you run and you know it's a competition i i define it as a competition it doesn't have to be the elite sport right so when you do this you're going to have more and more people you know playing active healthy uh, which is going to allow you to create that talent the talent is going to get spotted your whole culture changes you know we talk about this whole thing about how can india become a footballing nation or a sporting yeah. nation i think what is required is this you know high level of participation and competition i think if i had a magic wand i would like to move ahead you know in time and say okay let's create that and let's kick start grassroots football and i think everything else will fall into place and i think you just hit the nail on the uh, head uh, with the whole thing is yes we want india to be playing the world cup and all those things but it's not going to that not going to make a lot of difference people say that 83 made a change for indian cricket but cricket was growing before that and yes. uh, then then the era change and the media played a big role in the whole That's process right. but right. but the more and more people coming at a grassroots level and getting the opportunity to represent somewhere because yes i, I know there are uh, i myself have a small club in pune which i run rising pune fc yes. and uh, we have around 100 100 kids but what kind of opportunity i can give i need to give those opportunity the one of the best thing about the whole isl is the reliance foundation having the young champ program uh, and they started themselves before and making sure that everybody else follows that I think it is. It is a. It's. It's a great journey, and it has started. And but yes. as you said, right, the magic wand is something we want. The Harry Potter thing, right? It, yeah. it has to happen. It has to work out. And yes. the Abra Kadabra is something that we need. Uh, so, uh, as and you also touched upon the topic of how India can become a sporting nation. That was my actually my second last question. But you actually spoke about it. Make it grassroots level. It can happen. I think the infrastructure is what we are just creeping about. It can resolve. Yeah. Uh, it can it can and my you know sorry to jump in but my very positive experiences with the authorities you know i used to be always a pessimist when it came to the government but uh, in odisha of course you know uh, awesome but even even in delhi i think you know you need to figure out a way to work with them and there are there are people in the system who want to make a change so you know uh, understand who they are what are their challenges work with them 
and i think infra will fall into place and you know very very good examples of places like chile and some other countries in africa where the infrastructure is probably same or worse than india but they are performing better than us so it's it can't be just infra right it's it's this whole mindset is about getting kids to play and unfortunately covid has made situation worse we've gone back i see yeah. so many kids in my locality are they are sitting at home i'm the one outside running and they are sitting at home and you know it's 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 uh, yeah. i i need that magic wand <laughs> uh, yeah i think yeah exactly and so the i think the sports and fitness can take us out of all this dirt of the current situation of covid and i think it's just logical pause that has come in i think it is not a full stop uh, and people yes. have to look at the whole mental side of it so uh, when we're looking at the now mental side of it uh, there are so many people who are aspirant of the sports industry and uh, as you know i i manage uh, sibar school of sports sciences we both are involved with uh, and i'm i'm waiting for you to come here and we both are involved with gisb and other institutes yes. across india where we go and speak and meet so many people who reach yeah. out to us what is your message to those people who are aspirant of this industry and they started having some doubt because of the current pause that we are talking about so it's a, it's a mindset uh thing so what is your message to them from both from the future current and the mindset sure so this is this is a excellent uh, you know topic uh, which one gets to discuss all the time i think the first thing and from my own experience i can say you know sports ecosystem in india we are at a very initial stage so there is no way but up right so it is going to grow it is going to grow many fold and it doesn't matter which sport uh, so it's it that's that's number one at the macro level number 2 i am a firm believer in uh, uh you know the the hard work and passion right so in sports industry that's even more relevant so as long as you are passionate and you are willing to put in that extra slog you know you can have whatever titles you know you can call yourself the director general manager ceo but if you are willing to go and serve that cup of tea to your guest that that that's the attitude that you want from every person if you have that and then yes uh one one very we talked about in the beginning you know today generation is much more mature than i am and they are some of them are pursuing these uh, professional courses great you know do sports management courses learn from there combine that with your you know passion you know you got the ticket to success right so that's that's at the at the micro level given the current situation yes it's tough it's not only tough for sports event media it's it's tough for all industries and it's tough yes. for all the countries it's not just india so it's it's going to happen but believe believe in uh, uh, the whole india story it is going to bounce back this is a this is a break like said you rightly said uh, we will start you know there are already some green shoots at the elite level right people have figured out how to conduct elite level events now it's not only sports as other events start happening more and more jobs get created um this the way of working will will evolve which is great i mean technology has always been an enabler so this is a this is a pause which is allowing us to use technology um in in different ways that we may not have envisaged before that in turn will create more jobs and one of the things that you have to always remember in sports it's like any other business you know while the action is happening on the ground there's so much more happening behind so whether yeah. you're a lawyer you're an accountant you're a you're a psychologist you're a there are jobs there, there there's opportunity or you want to do your own startups today is the right time you are you, you are born yes. in right, uh, india where you know failure is no longer a bad word um so my message to uh, the aspiring sports management uh, professionals is you are there at the right time don't be too disheartened if if you are, you are one of those unfortunate ones who just graduated i know so many including my own son you know just graduated and you know finding a job is tough we know that but uh, believe me uh, 
five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you will laugh about this challenge because you will have more challenges and more fulfilling challenges in life. Uh, so just, just be at it. Excellent. And uh, just to talk about one last point on the same career aspect, uh, do you think the, the Indian sports is going to look at a shift than full-time jobs and a secure job to a consulting job and doing multiple gigs? It, uh, Sid, actually that's already happened. And I think uh, that that is something that is going to remain for a while because of the way our ecosystem is. Now, let's say 10, 15 years down the road, if you know things are stable in terms of the, the ecosystem is mature, you'll have a lot many uh, permanent uh, positions. But uh, in today's environment, this, this is what it is. We are in a gig economy. And you know uh, we all have gone through this and are going through this where we are wearing uh, multiple hats. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's that's how you are. If you have the yes. skill, if you have the skill and you are able to market uh, your skills, there, there there are there are there is demand for it. So I think uh, people have to. And again, for the younger generation, maybe it's an easier transition into this kind of a role because they've kind of seen, they've grown up seeing this. For somebody in my generation, it's a little bit more difficult because we haven't yeah. traditionally thought about this. But in sports, it, it's it's something that uh, is a reality. And uh, if one gets to work, let's say, in an IPL or in an ISL, and if it's a six-month or a seasonal kind of a role, I would urge, take it. Because, you know, what you will learn, like what, what I learned by spending a month in Ladakh is, is priceless. Yeah. And what you will learn in six months in an IPL, uh, knowing that after six months, you may again have to look for a gig, my advice is do it. I think that is a very important message, Ashish. And uh, uh, honestly speaking, our generation or uh, what we are in, I think we have understood uh, the consulting is the way forward. But we also come back with some 18, 20, 25 years of experience where the consulting, is, uh, we become concerned also taken seriously. But the, the current generation is really tough because believe me, people coming into sports management courses, I they are either... Uh, supported from home or they have completely fought against their parents. And yes. now is the time when parents are asking them questions. Ki, have you taken the right decision? You are asking you to do traditional MBA. You are asking you to do the marketing and get a banking job. And now you fought with us. And so there's a different challenge happening to those kids. And that's where I think your answer is pretty, uh, pretty good uh, about what you mentioned about the mindset and learning on the job. Like even if you jo join a full-time job and you don't get to learn, it's useless. The, yes. the, there is nothing called joining a post or joining a or post office or a bank nowadays. It is about it's about getting those four events in a year with doing yeah. internships. Yes. You get the, the experience that you can get is phenomenal. And it's, it's good that we echo the same sentiments. And this is something that is really required for the generation who is really confused with the situation. Sure, sure. I mean, we all are. We all are. So I don't blame them. But yes. uh, there, there's going to be opportunity out of every challenge in chaos. So it will come. Yes. Exactly. And uh, I just want to say, end with uh, what Sharad Kamal always uh, said to me that said, you know, we are, our parents are so short-sighted. They give 18, 20 years for their kids to become engineers, but they want two years for them to become champions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. So relevant. And applies to all walks of life. You know, I have exactly young kids who tell me how to become a CEO. So I'm happy to share, but you do understand that cannot be your, you know, short-term goal <laughs> because of course you can start your own startup nothing stops you but you know yes, uh, go through the grind you. right <laughs> great, great. amazing Ashish and uh, I'm going to catch up with you again on the participatory sports with specifically focusing on the, the uh, runs and uh, 
uh, and other co- community building things. But uh, for now, I think this is wonderful getting your 35, 40 minutes of your time and uh, talking about it. Really appreciate your time and thank you and uh, looking forward to see you soon. Thank you very much, Sid. The pleasure has been mine and uh, look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching, thank you for liking and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on our channel Sportsy Says and help us spread the word about Sportsy Let's Talk Sports. Please follow Sportsy Says on across all social media platforms and please do subscribe on Sportsy Says. Thank you. Mm-hmm.